All right, we are live. Gabe DeArmond here on, I don't know, as you look at this, I'm guessing the right side of your screen, but I'm not really sure. I'm not really good at like spatial recognition. But uh, Sean Williams, Mitchell Forty, along with me, the whole staff here for, I, I think what we're calling the Start the Statue Fund for Eli Drinkwitz on campus at Missouri show, right? Um, <laughs> we are we are actually, this is June 30th. Um, the recruiting has been back in a dead period for, somewhere around 48 hours now, maybe a little bit longer than that. But from June 1st to June 28th, it was um, a little bit crazy. Uh, Mitch has been following recruiting with us for about four years now. Sean, you've been doing this, what, eight or nine years for Rivals? Is that about right? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good? Okay. <laughs> I've been doing it for 18. So, I don't know. We'll say we've been doing this about 30 years combined and uh, – We've never quite seen a month like we did in the last month when everybody packed 16 months of recruiting into about four weeks. Um, just start with this, guys. Like Off the top of your head, the number one story as it relates to Missouri recruiting in the month of June was what, do you think? Uh, I'll, I guess I'll go first. I mean, I think, you know, it, and and I'm hesitant a little bit to put this number one because it, nothing may come of it. But when you get the top two receivers in the country on your campus, uh, I think that's pretty noteworthy. And it shows the, how much Eli Drinkwitz has elevated Missouri's re recruiting profile. And again, they may get neither. I think that's probably more likely than, than getting one or both at this point. You know, Luther Burden is committed to Oklahoma. Kevin Coleman is, uh, you know, has has for a long time expressed no interest in coming to Missouri. But Burden visited campus three times. Coleman visited campus, and it wasn't as we noted, just you know, to participate in seven on seven. He wasn't playing. He did the whole recruiting visit. So just to be in the conversation with that level of talent is uh, is obviously a big step forward. Uh, I think for me, just the number of top-rated guys uh, that Missouri's in on right now. I mean, uh, that they already have committed and they, they're working on getting and possibly could add more this weekend. Uh, and even even 2023 guys, getting some top 2023 guys in, you know, guys that they're already in on, like Caden Green, uh, Logan Reichert, you know, in-state guys, but they also got the Caden Proctor kid from Iowa to visit this past weekend, so... Uh, yeah, just just them being in a lot of top guys, especially in this 2022 class and 2023. So really kind of setting them. So I mean, I know people are excited right now with the with the class and how recruiting's going, but they're setting themselves up in a good position for a lot of tw top level 2023 kids as well. So yeah, let, let's kind of start there. The level of enthusiasm. I I mean, I think this is the most excited Missouri fans have been about football in 13 years. Uh, I think since 2008. Um, I know both of you guys were diehard uh, followers of Missouri football in 2008, so the perspective will, will be there for both of you there. But um, I, And look, it's warranted because it is different when it happens at a place like this than when it – I mean, this is what happens every year in recruiting at Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia – and even to a lesser degree, you know, Texas A&M, some places like that. Like, you can go through and you can pick out the top 10 classes in the cut. Like, I can tell you right now what the what nine of the top 10 classes are going to be in 2025. But the excitement for Missouri fans, and we don't want to put too much of a damper on that, is, yeah, this is something that's never happened around here. And while that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win an SEC title or you're going to be 11-1 and one in two years, like... I get it. They should be excited about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what recruiting is. You know, it's selling hope, selling excitement. Um, and, and it's it's a necessary first step. I mean, like, you know, yes, there are guys and like Gary Pinkle is one of them who, who have shown the ability to take, you know, guys that other people didn't value enough or guys that are able to develop and, and win at a decently high level. But the blueprint for winning in college sports is pretty simple. It's get the best players or at least get, you know, Good, as close to the best players as you can that you can maybe make up the gap with, you know, a, a group that comes together well and some good coaching and stuff like that. And so, uh, yeah, I think Missouri fans have reason to be excited. Yeah, and, and Sean, I know you you do some stuff for Minnesota and Vanderbilt and Missouri. I mean, you, you cover clearly the three recruiting heavyweights in, in college <laughs> football. Um, you know, these are, these are always programs that are at the top of everybody's list. But, again, you're, you're getting – Drinkwitz has them in conversations that they've never really been in before, which is, uh, you know, I guess that's that's step one of many, but it's a step you got to take. Yeah, I mean, you think about kind of the early impact he's had, you know, last year's class was top 20. Uh, this year's class is hovering around 20, I think it's 24 right now, mm -hmm. but you're still in that top 20 conversation. You get consistent classes like that, then mm -hmm. yeah, that could, that's going to get people excited. That's, a, that's the really key thing about recruiting. You know, you talk about you know, hey, we can name the top 10 recruiting schools that are going to have the top recruiting classes every year. You know, there, that's consistency. If Missouri can consistently be in the top 20 mm -hmm. in recruiting, you know, that's going to excite a lot of people, and that should, you know, transfer over to some wins on, on the football field. So, Real quick before we move on, and we'll get into some of the individual guys and, and, and stuff as we go through this show. There's really no timetable. I don't know. We'll be here till we're done talking, which, you know, maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour. We'll see. But do want to mention, obviously, this is uh, the 573 Report Summer Edition. We used to do this every week, and we will do this every week again. Uh, once football gets going, but we took a little bit of a break in the summer and want to thank 573Ts for hanging with us, uh, 573Tees.com. Go check them out online. They got tons of stuff, and and we're going to talk about this a little bit toward the end of the show. I did see 573Ts uh, tweet out something about the name, image, and likeness and their, uh, their possible interest in that with Missouri, so they may have even more stuff for you guys uh, here down the road they they turn out products pretty quickly they've done some stuff for uh for us and for another podcast i do so check them out 573 tees.com and thanks for to uh to those guys for uh sponsoring the show and sticking around here through the summer and and we'll pick back up probably mid-august um if for some reason you're watching and don't know who we are i publish the site mitchell 40 largely does team coverage sean williams largely does recruiting coverage and in the month of june we all just did recruiting coverage um that's, that, that's what there was, right? I think I counted the other day, and it was something like 55 stories in the month of June on recruiting because that's what um, that's what was was necessary um, this month. That's that's what was happening. So let's start with with kind of some of the individual stories. And to me, Mitch mentioned what I think is is the biggest story because it's the one that every single time something came up about it, it got the fans the most excited, and that is. Luther Burden, number one, Kevin Coleman, number one, A. So I'll go first on this, but just play either, neither, or both. I, I think I wrote last week, like, I'd say 50% chance they get neither, 40% chance they get either, and maybe a 10% chance they get both. Um, whether that's, you know, because of these rumors that are coming up that they don't necessarily love each other, or whether that's just... The reality is Missouri's probably not landing the top two receivers in the country when they already have two receivers in the class. Um, you know, I, I would say 
I mean, you have to you have to think neither is the top because Luther Burden, for now, is still an Oklahoma commit. And until we see that change, they are the favorite. And Kevin Coleman, for now, is still a kid who seems to have revived his interest, but three months ago said, yeah, I don't want to play here. I, I want to get away from the state of Missouri. So I think as unhappy as it might make people, neither is like the statistical leader here. Yeah, I pretty much agree with your percentages. Um, you know, obviously, like, and, uh, you know, if Missouri ends up getting neither, there, people will be, you know, bummed, they'll be upset, and they'll probably get mad at us for, like, right. leading them on or whatever. Yes. But, like, I, I mean, there is, you know. It, that's Sean's fault, by just, the way. That's that's not me, Mitch. Sean covers recruiting. is all him. Yeah, obviously. obviously. Yeah, uh, like, there I, is. I will say that Gabe did start the uh, stir the pot with the Kevin Coleman update. <laughs> right, right. On him. Yeah, but there is like, I mean, there is merit to getting guys like that on campus and getting them legitimately interested, even if it doesn't ultimately end up, you know, in in them committing to Missouri. So we'll see. Um, You know, I I will say this, like, I I still don't really have a good feel, I guess, for how interested Kevin Coleman is. I could see it being a thing where he's like, oh, man, you know, that's kind of fun what they're doing. They're getting a lot of guys interested. People are, you know, going out down on campus and saying good things. Maybe I'll check it out, but maybe I, I don't know what comes of it. The Luther Burden thing, I still think, is it's going to have a lot of ups and downs, a lot of twists and turns. There's, if you are someone who lives and dies with every social media post or interview he does, it, it, there's going to be some. There's going to be a lot more uh, highs and lows. I think if you're that person, following recruiting is tough on you. Right. I think general. you just kind of got to strap in and say, "Let's see where he signs." We're not going to have a, a, a real answer until then. Well, as far as the Coleman stuff goes, like, look, I talked to him and. 20 minutes before I talked to Coleman, I talked to Luther Burden. And he clearly was, let me think about every word I say, because I know this is going on Rivals, and I just don't want to say anything that might give anyone an indication of anything that's going through my head, right? And Coleman could have taken that approach, and he very, very clearly said, hey, I wasn't interested, and now I'm interested. And... You know, we're never trying to trick these kids. They, they know who we are largely, or they know what Rivals is and, and what we do. So, to me, I think the at least the interest is genuine. Now, that doesn't mean he's coming here, but I do think he's listening a little bit more than he might have been, which was zero. So, I guess, you know, he has to be listening more than he was listening. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, when, you ca- when you talk about both those guys, obviously Burns – been at Missouri quite a few times so the interest level there is pretty legit but you also got teams like Georgia and Alabama uh you name it that you know he's also interested in as well and you know the the Coleman thing's kind of a kind of interesting as well just because he's got seems like he's got some renewed interest he hasn't put Missouri in his top 15 or top 30 whatever he does uh group (laughs) groups of schools uh of late so it'd be kind of it's intriguing to kind of see uh what happens with coleman going forward you know now that there seems to be some mutual interest there and you know we'll see if visits kind of materialize uh from that with him but we know you know burton's pretty genuinely interested in missouri Mm -hmm. but you know there's also you know the georgias the alabamas the clemsons out there that that are pursuing him as well so yeah I, i agree with gabe's percentages for sure uh i think leaning more towards neither uh, and you know, maybe what'd you say, like 40% one of them, maybe? Yeah. 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 I like that. I, I agree with those percentages. 
Good deal. And if Luther Burden does actually at some point publicly decommit from Oklahoma, maybe we change those percentages, but that hasn't happened now. And I want to let you guys know, first of all, to anybody that is, uh, you know, bagging what they're supposed to be doing at work and watching this at 11 o'clock on Wednesday, we certainly appreciate that. Uh, we're doing it mostly to, to put this, this up on the site and let people watch it at their leisure. But if you're here watching with us live, we appreciate that. We see your comments and questions. We may throw a few of those up throughout the show. Um, we've got a little bit of, of just kind of a, a blueprint for the way we're going to run through things but you know if you've got some comments if you've got some questions feel free to chat amongst yourselves put them up there we may may throw them on the screen here in a little bit um it was interesting i just looked at the commitment list and as as crazy as the month of june was and as many kids were on campus and all that missouri actually only got one commitment in the month of june that is marcus scott the kid who look as i've said a couple times if you are lsu the story is he didn't have a spot in this class. We let him go, and he found a spot. And if you are Missouri, oh, my God, we flipped a kid from LSU, right? That's what you do in, in recruiting is is you sell your point of view. But um, that one happened, I, I know, when I was gone, and, and I can't remember if either one of you guys actually talked directly to him or not. But, hey, again, recruiting is PR. And the PR of getting a four-star kid from Texas who was once committed to LSU, that's never a bad thing. Yeah, so I ended up talking to Scott. First of all, only one commit in the the 2022 class, but obviously three commits from right, transfers right. who will who will be immediately eligible, which kind of went into that month because at least one of those guys did visit campus first. But um, yeah, so Marcus Scott, uh, he he was he's been committed to LSU for a little while, but Missouri had been talking to him, got him on campus for an official visit the second weekend of June, and then the next day he uh, went ahead and flipped to Missouri. And then when I talked to him on the phone, he said, you know, I'm shutting it down. I don't want to take any more visits. This is the place for me. So like you said, I, I think there are, you know, it, it's fair to wonder. And um, I think we can, I, I have a decent idea that maybe, you know, he, he was encouraged to look elsewhere, yeah. but regardless, like you said, when you land a four-star kid from Texas, from out of state, and he's been committed to a school like LSU, that's a win. Um, and, and you sell it as such. That's what you do in recruiting. And uh, he, he was, Marcus Gowie, he was a pretty good interview. He talked a lot about, you know, just what what he uh, what he heard from the the Mizzou staff, and you know, he said, I really wanted to be part of building what I think they're going to build. They really sold him on this vision that like you can be one of the first you know big names to come in here and get this thing where we want it to go. And uh, I think that just gave gave us a little window into what Eli Drinkwitz and Steve Wilkes and the staff are, are selling recruits right now. I think you can uh, kind of spin the Marcus Scott thing however you want to spin it from either side. But the fact is, Missouri really liked the kid and was in on him for a while. He's a name we've kind of heard of uh, a little bit before he even came to campus. So uh, they liked him. They recruited him. They got him on campus. They flipped him. So, I mean, uh, that's a guy they really wanted, and they ended up getting him. Whether, you know, uh, you know, LSU encouraged him to look elsewhere, hey, that's Missouri's gain in, their, in the coach's opinion. So. Absolutely. Uh, but OK, so only one commit in the calendar month of June for the 2022 class. We expect that to change uh, very shortly here at the beginning of July. Um, so first, before we get into these specific kids that we're talking about this weekend, uh, I want both of your guys to take. I think yesterday I said the over under on commitments in July, I said at four point five. We, we going over or under there? I, I said that, by the way, before we knew that. Like, we could be nearing that over on <laughs> July 5th. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll go under because I think there's, as, as we'll talk about here, a decent chance we get to, to three um, by, yeah, like by the end of this weekend. But I, I, and, but I don't have anyone else in mind beyond those three that I think was about to commit. But like just, you know, if when you're off to that kind of a pace, off to that kind of a start, the, uh, the over seems a safe bet. Yeah, I was probably going to go with over just because June's crazy and these kids uh, visited as many schools as they possibly could. And I think they had a really good idea going into June where they wanted to go, who their favorite schools were. And I think you'll see a lot of July commitments coming out of this during this dead period. So I think I'm going to go with over 4.5. And that's the biggest change in recruiting. Like when I was doing this in the 2000 oos whatever you call that decade um you know kids would they would just commit on official visits and then we would call them at like 1 30 on sunday afternoon they'd be like oh yeah i committed to missouri and we'd write a story and that would be the news and now they might commit on a visit but what they're actually committing to is you know when i get home i want you guys to send me a really cool graphic and i might <laughs> go shoot a video with my buddy and then i'm gonna schedule my commitment for a day that might be four days away and might be four months away, but I'm going to announce it at that point. So my point is you're not getting a lot of these kids leaving campus saying I'm committed. I mean, CJ Stokes was who had visited Missouri was the exception. Like he just woke up on Saturday morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan said, yo, I'm committed to Michigan in the middle of his official visit. You know, that, that doesn't happen uh, too much anymore. So I think people who have followed recruiting for a long time, sometimes think, well, we're getting these kids to visit, but we haven't got a commitment from them. Well, that's just because of social media and the way recruiting is now more than anything. Um, so we got three kids. We'll just take them in order here. Um, uh, Tavoris, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, Jones, is set. Uh, he's a running back from El Paso. Tweeted yesterday he is making his commitment on Friday. I believe it's at 5 p.m. on Friday. Uh, Sean, is there anybody – that's even in the picture here other than Missouri, or is this just Missouri? Well, uh, I will say I did a little Instagram stalking last night. and uh, <laughs> Don't be too proud, man. I'm not. I, uh, I am proud, man. You got to do what you got to do. You got to adapt with the kids. You got to mm -hmm. adapt with the time. So uh, he pretty much said uh, it was like a Q&A thing. I don't know how that Instagram Q&A stuff works, right. but uh, he pretty much said like a top four Penn State, Alabama, Texas, Missouri, and then somebody asked him Texas. He said no. So it's not <laughs> Texas. That's the one school out of those four that maybe had a legit shot. They just got another running back commitment. They have two in their class. Right. So uh, all signs of Penn State, Alabama, I don't think they're legit contenders, obviously. I think it, it seems he doesn't talk a lot. So Missouri, I think, is the only official he took. And he obviously he just come off that one. So. All signs are pointing to Missouri here, so uh, I would be shocked if he didn't commit somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. so I, go ahead, man. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be interested for one of us to, to talk to Jones hopefully soon and just kind of get the lowdown on how that whole recruitment went. It's been kind of an interesting one. Obviously, a super highly rated kid. We have him as the number one running back in Texas, and Missouri, you know, kind of uh, – frankly missed on a couple of guys and uh, right. you know, one Emeka uh, Megway, maybe, you know, that was on Missouri's end, but whatever uh, just called him up. It sounds like, and said, Hey, you want to come visit campus? And he did. And now he's probably going to commit. Like that's kind of crazy for that to happen with such a highly rated prospect. And since, could I'm doing, since I'm doing all this Instagram stock and maybe I'll just send him a message on Instagram. Maybe he'll get back to us that way. You never know, yeah, man. It, 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 a shot. it can't hurt. <laughs> um, 
Well, and this is the kind of kid to me that you would, I mean, look, you're, you're thrilled to get him right. And you absolutely sell the ever loving hell out of, yeah, this kid had Texas, Penn state and Alabama offers number one ranked running back in Texas. And we got him, but he's also kind of the, the example of a kid in this class where, all right, recruiting was open for four weeks and is going to be open. And I'd be surprised if Tavoris Jones at some point wasn't on another campus for an official visit. And that's not saying anything bad about him. I think all these kids are going to be. Isaac Thompson took some visits. You know, there's been some some talk of Indiana trying to get Makai Miller to take visits. Like, most of these kids are going to take at least another trip or two just because – why wouldn't you, man? If I was 17 years old and, and I knew I had a spot, I'd go check out four or five places too since I haven't been able to be uh, recruited for a year and a half. Yeah. yeah. Also to expand on that, Gabe, and, and to continue my Instagram detective work, uh, okay. that will probably be a possibility. That was another question that he answered in his Instagram Q&A. So he said uh, he said he kind of left it open that he might shut it down, but he also left it open that he'd probably take other visits. So I would yeah. I would wait toward you probably take other visits. Is, it, is that like a – I'm committed. Here's my top 12 recruitment still open. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to go to the top 12. Uh, I'm committed. Here's my top 12 though. Right. Uh, 90% open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. But, uh, but either way, I, I mean, Hey, that, that's a, a huge get again. And I mean, when what plan C is a four star top 150 kid out of the state of Texas, that's, uh, that's a sign that the Drinkwitz and staff are getting in on, on guys that Missouri just hasn't gotten in on before. The, the other announcement we know is coming is Deshaun Woods, uh, lineman out of somewhere in Nebraska, I believe number one player in the state of Nebraska, who is not considering Nebraska, which, again, talk about things that have changed in the recruiting world in the last 15 years. I mean, Nebraska used to get kids like Deshaun Woods to walk on. You know, and and now uh, now Nebraska isn't even in consideration. So it's kind of the same deal here to me with Jones. Okay, his top two are Missouri and Arizona State. Like, look, Deshaun Woods wants to go to Arizona State. More power to him and good for him. I've got to imagine recruiting to Arizona State right now is one of the more difficult jobs in America with everything going on there. Yeah, they've got some uh, some issues. They they were they're they're under investigation for hosting uh, recruits on campus during the the COVID dead period, the shutdown, and and not just having the recruits there, but coaches meeting with them and arranging for the trips and paying for the trips, which is a big no no. Um, yeah, I mean Deshaun Woods, he 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 visited Arizona State after the dead period, and uh, and you know apparently liked it, and I know there were some forecasts put in for for him there. Um, to me, and and I did talk to him on, uh, I guess it was Sunday night, and you know he, he he didn't give anything away. He said like, I'm still not sure, but you know I've got my decision date coming up here. Um, but to me, if you you know that was the first time he he mentioned a decision date. If you do that coming off of a trip to Missouri and your other you know competitor is in in CAA hot water, signs look decent for Missouri. Well, you know Mitchell, Arizona State does play to win the game. <laughs> that is a good point. I actually, my favorite thing that's come out of that was reading Pete Thamel's story about like, there was a picture. Now it was from behind and you can't really tell who it is, but the stature and the size of the person looked a lot like Herm Edwards. I was like, dude, what am I reading here? This is crazy. <laughs> this is like uh this is like deep throat stuff. Yeah, they even he even like broke down like the game that was on TV was played on the state. I, I like yeah, that. He that went and nice found touch. a women's basketball game and what time it tipped off. It was uh, one yeah. of the more fascinating things I've read. Then okay, the third guy that 
Like, I think we're less sure that a, an announcement is actually coming here. Ahmad Robinson, his, you know, uh, Mitch, you're his personal correspondent. You've talked to him two or three <laughs> times. And the first time he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to commit on June 14th. And that kind of came in or 17th or something. And that kind of came and went yeah. and nothing happened. And then uh, about a week ago, he said, yeah, I think I'm going to commit pretty soon. Could be July 4th. So we don't yeah. really know if that's happening at this point, right? Yeah, so with Ahmad Robinson, I'd say he's the one we're least sure when his commitment is going to happen, but honestly probably feel the best about it being in Missouri. So full backstory on him, uh, he's a guy – Place for East St. Louis cornerback. He's uh, decently highly rated, but the offers just hadn't really come in. And part of that might be, you know, Illinois did play a, a spring football season and a spring and shortened football season. But he came to Missouri for a camp on, I think it was like June 6th. And, and that that was actually one of the days that Luther Burden came to campus as well to come watch him, their friends. And uh, Missouri extended him an offer. And I actually talked to him before he got the offer. So right after camp finished, I talked to him. And then they took him over to uh, the coaches' offices and all that and extended him the offer. So he had said at that point, June 17th, that ended up changing, caught up with him at the uh, seven on seven tournament. And like you said, he said, yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, I think I'm going to commit soon. Mm -hmm. July 4th sounds like it might be good. So we will see if that happens. I am trying to get some clarity on that. Um, We'll obviously post on the board if we know if that is the definitive announcement date. But like I said, I mean, you know, his offers right now are like Missouri, you know, Wyoming. Uh, I think like, you know, Murray State's in there, maybe Arkansas State. Like, Arkansas you feel State. very good about Missouri's chances. Well, and actually, Ahmad Robinson is doing it the way I would do it if I was a recruit. Like these kids that are like, hey, I'm committing on my grandma's mother's birthday on September 17th. No, just set like an announcement date and then just kind of let it go and then set another one and kind of let <laughs> and just keep keep people guessing as to when you're actually going to do it. Yeah. You got to well, build if the I brand. Was a recruit, I would announce live on the on the uh, on the Power Mizzou YouTube channel. <laughs> well, but that's just me. <laughs> fair question. Yes. Or fair answer. Um, so we feel good about Missouri adding those three guys to the class. I think that'll put them at 12 for the class. Um, I'd have to have to go back and count for Be sure. Fair. But. We we are estimating a class somewhere right around 20 this year um, for multiple reasons, but mostly just it's kind of hard to estimate. But what we think is the NCAA is going back to a hard cap of 85 scholarships. They're providing no, no relief uh, other than the one year of COVID when they invited every player in America to play as many years of college football as he wanted to. Um, and now we're going back to, hey, 25 a year, 85 total, and – College staffs across the country are like Missouri's Missouri's only got two guys officially coming off the books and they've got something like 12 of these super seniors that I think most, if not all of them are going to leave. Like, I think the guys taking the the fifth and sixth year, I think that's going to be kind of a one year deal. I can't see at the end of this year, Kiki, well, Kiki Chisholm can't, but like Tyler Beatty coming back and saying, yeah, I've already been here five years, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take that extra one. I think kids are going to just kind of naturally, whether it's their choice or the coach's choice, get back on a little bit more of a, a regular eligibility schedule. I agree. And we've talked a lot about the, the, you know, the logistical problems that the extra COVID year has caused, but you know, it just, it, 
we've and we said this with basketball recently too. For a kid to come back after this year, once you have the scholarship limit back, scholarship limit back in place, it has to make sense for the kid and the program. And there's just not that many, you know, fifth year, sixth year seniors where it makes sense for the program where he's going to con- contribute. He hasn't been passed up by that point, and he's not ready to go to the NFL. I mean, you know, there's just that that's going to be pretty rare. So I think Missouri will come pretty close to signing 25 kids. You know, I, I think like you said, roughly 20 high school prospects always you're going to have you know in the this day and age two three four who knows how many transfers um and they will make it work as needed with uh maybe moving some of the some of the guys who got the extra year moving them on yeah i agree with all that just to throw my two cents in i mean this year is just going to be hey we're going to have a lot of extra bodies let's just match everybody every other's team extra body with our <laughs> extra bodies and right. and uh we'll play it out for this year and then we'll we'll get things back to normal after this year so Couple other kids that uh, that visited last weekend. Um, Jalen Marshall, kid out of uh, out of St. Thomas Aquinas in Kansas. Like he indicated, he's got a top four. He told us top four is Indiana, Nebraska, Oklahoma State, Missouri. He said he's definitely deciding before his senior year in high school uh, begins. So, you know, that could be July, could be early mid August. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a great feel for, for where Missouri stands. I think it's it's pretty telling that, hey, they offered him on a Tuesday and he came back for an official visit on a Friday. Um, but maybe that visit gets a little bit more in the rearview mirror and he goes, you know what, I just liked Oklahoma State or Indiana or whatever it is a, a little bit better. I, I don't think we have a great feel for, for where that one stands. Yeah, I really don't. Um, you know, I know, Missouri's done a pretty good job in the, in the Kansas City area, um, and that's where he's from. And so I, I don't know how you know how, how long they've been pushing for him. You know, behind the scenes before offering, it sounds like not really until he came to campus on Tuesday. Um, so you know, it has the Mizzou has the the proximity edge, but yeah, like you said, I don't really have a great feel for you know, how interested he is in those other places because frankly, haven't been following his recruitment for that long because we didn't think Missouri was interested until about a week ago. Yeah. And, uh, and the other kid, Sean, Jaden Scarlett, defensive tackle out of, out of Texas. To me, if they get Jaden Scarlett, that actually might be the most impressive thing they've done in the class. Cause this is a Texas kid with an A&M offer who has by following Twitter and things like that seemed to be pretty high on Texas A&M all throughout the process. If Missouri can can pull that kid out of Texas, that's, to me, every bit as, as impressive as Tavoris Jones or even as Sam Horn would have been. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I talked to him, I talked to Scarlett back in April with, at the uh, Dallas Rivals camp, and he talked really highly of Missouri then, but obviously, you know, he's he's been to A&M spring game, you know, uh, mm-hmm. He returned for an official visit there. So he seems very, very pro A&M as well, but seems very pro Missouri too. I mean, he, and, you know, look, that's a guy that, uh, you know, he came in for night at the zoo, right? And then he returned for an official visit. So he's visited Missouri twice in, in June. Now, so he, he actually was the one kid who couldn't make the trip. I, I believe he's talked a lot about his dad's schedule. Now, I'm not sure if it's a single parent situation or not, but I know his it, the family schedule basically meant he couldn't make it up from Texas, but but he still right. did come I mean, in for the official. Yeah, yeah he uh, he talked about. I remember back in April he talked about. You know, I asked him like how many schools you plan to get to, and and that may be a reason why he didn't take more official visits, just mm-hmm. because he did mention like his parents' schedule and things like that. But he did say, you know, obviously he did make the trip to Missouri, and he said that was one school, and he mentioned Texas A&M. I think he mentioned Oklahoma at the time, but I don't know if that's kind of 
Oklahoma's kind of tracked off that or what. But yeah, that would be a good a good uh, that would be pretty impressive to get a guy like him that you think or you kind of see maybe is leaning more toward A and M just because of proximity. So one, I, I want to focus on one more kind of little bit more specific thing. Then we'll go a little bit big picture and, and, and get toward wrapping things up and all that. But outside of the 2022 kids, the, the other huge story to me, and this is going to be a huge story for Missouri fans to follow for 18 months is the offensive line in 2023. You got Caden green up in Kansas city. He's a top 40 kid. You got miles McVay in East St. Louis. He's a top 20 kid. Uh, Caden Proctor, the number six kid in the country, visited Missouri last weekend. I'm just going to be honest, guys. I, I see almost no chance that that, that kid ends up signing with Missouri, but, you know, they are recruiting him. You got Logan Reichert. Um, he's out of the Kansas City area. He's a top 250 kid. And then you got Charlie Jagusa, who is a kid uh, just across the Iowa-Illinois border, who Missouri was his first Power 5 offer, I believe, has since picked up an Iowa offer, but has spoken pretty highly of Missouri. I mean, you're legitimately looking at a 2023 class that if things fell right, Eli Drinkwitz could just say, hey, here's my starting offensive line for three years after I get him on campus and get him in a weight room. Uh, to me, that's kind of – and I know that was the one position last year where Missouri fans said, eh, I don't I don't know if we quite did enough there. you know." And, and look, if you're going to win in college football, and people love to say it's the SEC, it's just football. If you're going to win football games, you better have an offensive line. That – that class to me and the offensive line is is the thing to follow of hey is this really got a chance to go to the next level yeah it's just one of those things where you know when when you get that level of talent close to campus it's it's great to try to capitalize i mean it's what we're seeing in 2022 with the receivers a little bit and mm -hmm. obviously the, the coaching staff had a little bit of a later start with the 2022 class and then the dead period coming in um and you know rick elite prospects like that start getting recruited so early. But, um, you know, when you've got those those level of kids nearby, you, you need to at least get them on campus, which Missouri's already done, and try to land a few of them. And uh, in, in the case of these offensive linemen, I like I, I definitely like Missouri's chances of getting at least one or two of them. You know, Miles McVay is definitely – he's blowing up. He's getting offers from absolutely everywhere. I've never spoken to the kid. I don't really know where what his, you know, priorities are. But he, he will be able to go wherever he wants. But Caden Green, you know, I know as of – what was it, like March, I was out at least Summit North. I mean, you know, Mizzou – had already pushed really hard for him at a time when he didn't have a ton of other offers yet. Um, he's really good friends with Armand Membo, who's committed in the class of 2022. And he came up to campus at least once, maybe twice, I think, uh, during the month of June. So, um, you know, feel pretty good about that. And then Logan Reichert, his mom, I believe, graduated from Missouri. He was raised a Missouri fan. You know, he's going to have offers from a lot of other places. He's already been on Georgia's campus. And Georgia obviously has a strong recruiting presence in the Kansas City area. But, you know, to, to get in pretty early on those two guys, you know, I, I would be surprised if Missouri isn't at least, you know, in with the final two or three schools at the very end of those two recruitments. Yeah. And yeah, I would you, think uh, you mentioned the connections with Green and, and Reichard. I mean, I think that's going to definitely play a huge part moving forward with those two guys and, and just kind of talking more about those two specifically uh both those guys had really good camps at the uh our rivals camp in indy uh i think kane green and both logan reichert got i think reichert got an underclassman invite kane green got a five-star invite to to uh our five-star camp so that both really impressive uh kane uh, green's always a great interview uh speaks very highly in missouri obviously he's got some family connections to oklahoma as well so that's another school to kind of keep an eye on with him moving forward uh reichert 
weighs 375, but dude. He looks every bit of it, too. He's huge. Well, yeah, but, I mean, he it's not like a bad 375. Right. Like, seeing him in person, he's just a huge dude. And, uh, you know, he, he, he said 375. I was kind of taken aback just because, you know, he just wears it really well. You know, he doesn't have, like, a gut or anything like that. You would mm-hmm. expect somebody to say that, hey, I, wear, I weigh 375. He's just a huge, massive dude. Uh, so very well put together for a guy that weighs 375. So, I mean, he's raised a lot of uh, raised a lot of eyebrows early on, and uh, you know, like I said, George is in on him right now. So uh, you expect him to get a lot more uh, high profile Power Five offers moving forward. That's the way I want people to talk about me. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he's not tall. He's he, he's but like he's 175, but he wears it well, man. Like, <laughs> that's what I want people to say about me. That's the ultimate compliment about right. weight, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just realized that he is 17, 16, maybe years old and is yeah. more than double your weight. That is incredible. Yeah. He is two of me. Um, yeah. And he probably more than twice as talented as a football player. I would, I would assume. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're going to get into some big picture stuff. One more reminder for you guys. This is the five, seven, three report. That means we're brought to you by five, seven, three T's. Check them out online. Five, seven, three com. If you are in Columbia, they do have a physical location. I'm not sure right now if they're open for, for store hours quite yet, but they're down. Uh, they've got a location where they print shirts and do stuff in, uh, alley a off ninth street. And, and they are at one, at some point going to be open for kind of more retail stuff. But right now you go online, go to the website, five, 573tees.com follow them on twitter check them out uh and and give them your business for uh for sticking with us here and making some of this stuff possible so let's go a little bit more big picture and sean talked about it at the beginning so everybody is talking like again missouri fans are excited about last year's class and they should be it's the highest ranked class in school history this one is trending toward i mean my favorite thing about this class is hey if we sign these seven players this week we're gonna have the number two class in america because nobody else is gonna sign anybody right they're all just gonna stay put so missouri just keep rising up those rankings um but like look the way this class is going top 20 i think kind of is now what you think maybe the expectation is i mean obviously it it depends on on what happens elsewhere but so this needs to be kind of the norm but how many years of these classes do you need before you can really start talking about a program that is ready to take that next step and and you know be in the conversation in the preseason with with Georgia and Florida yeah I mean obviously just you know for this year's class you know there's a lot of variables at play you know last year there were some teams that didn't take full classes Missouri may not take a full 20 this year they might be one or two short of that in high school prospects so that can impact your ranking but anyway I think you know if you can get at least three of these type of classes stacked on top of each other and and on campus at the same time you should feel pretty good about your abilities not saying that you know all of a sudden favorites to win the East, but you, you should say, you know, you know, we should be able to compete with just about anyone. And if things break right on a given day, you know, we could, we could be back in that SEC title game. So I, I think that's the mark you're starting to look at. Um, and, and also obviously that gives, you know, more time for Eli Drinkwitz to implement, you know, the things he wants to be, to be part of his program, his offense, all of that type of stuff. So we're talking do that in the 21 class, the 22 class, and then maybe 23 is the, the year you start saying, okay, maybe Missouri's in that conversation. Yeah. Or is that a year we'll say, two season? Yeah, sure. Let's say fall of, I don't know, 2023 season, 2024 season, somewhere around there. But also, I mean, like, 
that's a, who knows what everything's going right. to look like right. at, at that point. But sure, let's college football. College football may not exist because it's been blown up by name, image, and likeness by then. So, or as uh, as uh, Kyle Shanahan said, we may not even be alive in twenty twenty three. Who knows? It's very possible. <laughs> So, I, I mean, Sean, you, you, you're more familiar probably with recruiting across the SEC than than either of us is. But, I mean, this is, again, Missouri fans are excited about it. But this is – I remember when Evan Bame signed with Missouri back in 2013, and Missouri fans were, like, over the moon, and they should have been. But I said, guys, like, you've got to get two or three Evan Bames every year. And then you got to get two or three the next year and two or three the next – I mean, to compete in this league realistically – this is what Eli Drinkwood's got to do every year. Like, tw- 20th can't be the exception. 20th got to be the rule. Yeah, I agree. I, and Mitchell's pretty spot on. I, I would say three to four years, you want to stack classes, like top 20 classes on top of one another. And, you know, you, you hope by the third year that you kind of start seeing those guys that you got from the 2021 class or the 2020 mm-hmm. class start kind of, you know, emerging as, as, as top guys. You know, you're not going to hit on everybody. But uh, definitely, uh, definitely want to hit on the majority of those guys. So if you keep st- if you stack some top twenty classes three or four years on top of one another, you know you should be uh, you should be seeing some results then. And an equalizer here, I think, is the transfer portal because let's say you got mm-hmm. class number twenty, then class number seventeen. <laughs> well, you might be able to accelerate the time frame a year if, hey, here's this dude who wasn't really playing at Georgia, but he can come here and he can start for us and he can plug a hole. That that can accelerate that a year. So I I don't think SEC East title talk this year is is realistic. I mean, is there a path to it if Georgia's a little off and Missouri pulls? It? Sure, there's a path to it. Nobody writes off the season in in on June 30th. But I, I don't think it's realistic this year. I think it would be. I think Drinkwitz would be like SEC if not national coach of the year if they did it next year. I think the 23 season is is kind of the one you're pointing at to say, hey, let's. Let's make a run and, and get this thing back to where Missouri has been um, in in past years. So here's the thing about transfers, Gabe, real quick. You, we going back to the conversation about Luther Burden, Kevin Coleman. Hey, if neither of those guys work out two or three years down the road, what if they enter the transfer right. portal? You keep those relationships. That's why you build those relationships now. You may not get them. We've seen it with Mookie Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to get Jordan Johnson as well. So, you know. Transfers can play a big part, especially with these top-level kids that may not end up being committed and signed to Missouri right now, but two or three years down the road when they hit the transfer portal, you got a chance to grab them. Yep, no no question about it. So uh, kind of want to transition today, June 30th, wrapping up, obviously, the, the Wild Wild West month of recruiting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with calendars, but what that means is tomorrow <laughs> is July 1st. Um, July 1st is the day that the name, image, and likeness rule actually – I haven't seen it yet. It may have been passed, but basically the NCAA board of directors is meeting today to discuss this temporary name, image, and likeness thing that was proposed by the D1 council a couple days ago. Look, if it doesn't pass, then the NCAA board of directors is going to be fired into the sun and probably sued by multiple college players. So it's going to pass. Everybody in the country, every college player will be able to capitalize on his name, image, and likeness, uh, Starting tomorrow, before we get into kind of what that means, and and like I said, uh, hey, we got some people asking some questions and comments, and I appreciate it, and we're going to throw Ron's up here real quick. How much is the NIL element coming up as a factor in these recruitments? I think I saw Burden make a comment that he was impressed with the NIL presentation Mizzou did for him. So you guys correct me if I'm wrong here. 
the school can't actually like be involved in any way in the name image and likeness. They can't pay any of the money. They can't even set up the deals. It can't be really a like they you can't recruit and say, "Hey, we're going to have a $100,000 deal for you if you come here." You can, however, do a presentation that says, "This is how we're educating our players. This is the kind of thing that can happen down the road and if you come to Missouri, this would be, you know, kind of a model to look at, and I think every coach in America is absolutely going to use this as as part of a recruiting pitch, even if it's not about like a specific dollar amount. Is that? Do you guys feel like that's pretty accurate? Yeah, I think for the most part, yeah. You know, the the main point is like when a recruit is on campus, a coach cannot say we're going to set you up with this endorsement right. deal when you come here. That is not that is not allowed. It has to be once the player gets to campus, then they negotiate that deal on their own. Will there? I mean, that will obviously be abused, just like recruiting is is yes. you know done illicitly all the time. I'm sure that there will be cases where a coach is like, wink, wink. If you know, uh, you know this guy, you should get to know him because maybe when you come to campus, he could give you this money. But I'll let you two go talk about that. Okay. I like that will probably happen. At this point, um, I have heard NIL come up from some of these kids. I know uh, a few of the ones I talked to after Night at the Zoo on June 2nd talked about Missouri's NIL presentation. I think that was a little more noteworthy at the beginning of the month because at that point, it uh, it did not look like there was going to be a national you know waiver, basically, from the NCAA allowing every school to take advantage of this right away. And at that point, it looked like Missouri's was going to be one of kind of a few states to have a law before this football season started. Now we've got like, you know, half the states in the country have a law going into effect tomorrow and Missouri actually does not. But because of the NCAA waiver that's expected to pass, that's not a big deal. Mizzou athletes will be able to take advantage of NIL tomorrow regardless. So I think it is going to be a factor. No one exactly knows, you know, how, how much of a factor or how schools are going to be able to differentiate themselves. I will say this. I think Eli Drinkwitz is a, a good guy to have at the helm during this idea of, you know, something new going on because he's he's sharp. He's a salesman. He will definitely be able to, you know, use this to his advantage in some capacity, I would think. Yeah, I agree. I think at, at this point, it's just more about uh, how you can present the most education to these uh, players, prospects that come in and visit just kind of uh, just kind of educate them on how that process works, how you can get endorsement deals, things like that. How I guess Missouri can kind of help you with that, or your. But it's it's just going to be kind of more about education at this point. But yeah, I do like uh, uh, Mitchell was talking about. Hey, maybe some, some maybe some dirty deals go down. That that probably just happened at Arizona State, though. You know. Right. Right. Well, oh the horror. <laughs> recruiting might get dirty in college sports now, guys. I mean, it's been this pristine, clean thing where nobody has ever cheated for like 120 years. But now that these kids can make money legally, the future of sports is screwed. They yeah. might not even go to biology class anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there, there are definitely avenues to, to cheat, but there have always been avenues to cheat. And I mean, as long as college sports is as important as it is, that's going to continue to happen. I think I, I just I really think, you know, we, we there there are so many different theories and, and you know, thoughts about what this is going to look like. I just think that the most important thing is just having having someone in place who's dynamic and able to to kind of change and take advantage of, of things that are going on. And I feel decent about Missouri having that staff in place right now. And I think that's an important point, because like these coaches now like, look, you can fight against it. 
But you know what's going to happen if you fight against it? That kid's going to go, cool, I'm hitting the transfer portal because I could play next year. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call up somebody in the media, and I'm going to tell them you don't let your players make money, which the Supreme Court just said the players need to make money. And then once I get to my new place, I might sue you because you did it to me. You know, I I mean, that's legitimately, coaches are losing control. And if there is one thing college football coaches love, man, they love to control everything. And this is going to be a test for the guys that are a little bit more able to adapt. But again, this, I mean, I actually think it's good. The argument for pay for play or NIL or whatever for years has been, this stuff is already happening. I mean, I don't know if anybody's noticed the FBI cases, which, by the way, there's no punishment for, so just go ahead and do it. But, I I mean, this stuff, you go back to 1985 when Kansas hired Danny Manning's dad as an assistant coach. Missouri did the same thing three years ago, by the way. I'm not throwing stones at Kansas. That's smart. They found a legal way to pay for a player to come to campus. Danny Manning won him a national title. Michael Porter got people interested in Missouri basketball again. It is a smart investment. It was legal. So now what they're doing is taking a lot of this stuff that has happened anyway. Boosters, I hate to tell you guys, have paid college football recruits and players before. Um, it, 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 I know it was mostly just in the movie, The Program, but, but that happened in real life a couple times. Um, I mean, now you can pay, like, look, if, if the guy that runs the local Chevy dealership, if he decides a good use of his money is to pay the starting running back $75,000 to do a commercial, then more power to him, I guess. Now, personally, as someone who runs a small business, I think that's a terrible investment. I wouldn't do it, but I don't know. I'd rather have him do it and get a commercial out of it than just somehow slide envelopes full of cash to the kid's mom who has somehow bought a new house in the city he's playing at school. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, we, we've talked about this a lot, but, um, you know, just Gabe and I, I know, but like, I, 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 there will be obviously, you know, kids that cash in and, and you see a lot of different figures reported about, you know, how much certain kids could have made in the past. I think that it's getting a little overblown. I think that there are definitely going to be a lot of, uh, football players, especially because those rosters are so big who are expecting all of those sudden to get all this money who are going to be like, well, maybe I'll give you like 10 bucks for a tweet. Like that's uh, about I it. can get a like, burger. Cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, you're, you're, you're a backup defensive lineman who plays on third downs, like how much, you know? So yeah, I, I do think that, that the vast majority of kids probably won't see um, all that much from this. I could be wrong. But that is that is my thought is that especially at, once the market kind of you know figures itself out, um, there would definitely be the ability for some stars to cash in. But a lot of kids probably it will it will not be very different than it has been so far. And Sean, as as I know, you spend most of your day stalking kids on Instagram. So uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> kind of throw this one to you. I mean, I think the big place for them to make money is social media, right? Just a yeah. business comes and says, "Hey, here's a hundred bucks." We just want to take a picture of you at our restaurant, tweet it out, tag us. Because the diehard fans, that they follow all these kids on social media. It's a big argument why well, Why do we need the media? Like, I already follow these kids. We don't need the middleman. So they're out here following these 17- and 18-year-old kids. So if a local restaurant can can say, hey, for 100 bucks, man, three tweets this week uh, just promoting our business, like, I think that's where – maybe even less than the stars can make a little bit of money. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I was going to say, you know, the, all this, uh, you know, the money is going to be made with the star power, you yeah. know, the star game and everything like that. But yeah, uh, you got, you've got uh, potential, a lot of potential to make money through social media advertisements, things like that. I mean, we see, uh, you know, Kim Kardashian do it, you know, or just, you know, throwing an Instagram advertisement or whatever, things like that. And uh I think I think that definitely would be an avenue to see uh, to see some a uh, little bit lesser stars in college football get some money out of that as well. Just uh, just depends on how social media savvy they really are, you know. And um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see and and uh, moving forward. But I think social media it's going to be a really social media driven uh, with a lot of these kids. Yeah, just kind of side note, if you guys find out actually what the job description of an influencer is or how you become one, let me know, because that sounds like a good deal. I kind of want to do that. <laughs> I, think it, I think you have to be somewhat attractive. Uh, yeah, and I was going to say middle-aged, balding, white man. I'm not sure that's <laughs> the demographic they're looking for, but if there's a company out there like, hey, I saw Dave Matter sent us a, a tweet from a sports writer that was like, hey, I want to capitalize on my name, image, and likeness too. If you want to like pay me for some stuff, do it. I mean, the PowerMizzou.com <laughs> Twitter account is for sale. Like, we will promote anything uh, for the right. You could you could sponsor a YouTube show if you want. You bring up a good Mitchell brought up a good point. I think maybe you mentioned it. Hey, I mean, even if some of the lesser guys get like free meals, I mean, hey. Mm. I'm all, you know, I'd be all for that if, you know, if I was in that position, you know, if you can get free meals out of it and you don't have to worry about getting punished. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, Hey, it's going to change. Um, again, we're going to do this, uh, you know, we're going to get back to, to doing the five, seven, three report and we'll have some more regular, uh, stuff. Once camp opens and the season starts, we're going to try to do a weekly recruiting show and, and do some other stuff for, uh, for everybody out there. Um, but wanted to hop in on this one. And, uh, if anybody's watching who doesn't currently subscribe, do want to let you guys know you got about 12 hours left. Uh, we have tweeted out the link many, many times. It is in almost every story we've written this month. You can sign up for powermazoo.com today. You will not pay till August 10th. That is six weeks from now. So, uh, you know, Hey, we're talking about free stuff. We're giving you stuff. Uh, go take advantage of it. Six free weeks on the site. Uh, but you got to do that by midnight tonight. Don't message me tomorrow and say, Hey man, I just, I just missed the the deal that you guys promoted like every single day for, for six weeks, you know, can I get in on it? And because no, you can't. So get in on it by uh, midnight tonight. I don't know guys, any, uh, any parting thoughts? Uh, no, I don't think so. I just saw a last minute question. When does this camp begin? Uh, we'll start sec media days. Mizzou is July 22nd and, uh, fall camp should begin right around August 1st, somewhere in there. So we will start really getting busy then. Yeah. Sean, any, uh, final words of wisdom? Uh, no final words of wisdom, just a kind of a crazy month of June given the circumstances. So kind of cool to see that it's over. But, uh, like I said, you know, we kind of, we kind of did the over under on commitments, uh, look for a, a wave of commitments, not just for Missouri, but just all across the, uh, mm -hmm. all across the recruiting board for other schools in July. You know, I think a lot of kids are kind of dead set on where they're going to go. So you'll see a lot of kids committing. Uh, but, uh, like I said, over, over 4.5 for Missouri, I think I'm going to go with this month. Yeah, so kind of wrapping up uh, the busy month and, again, maybe three more this week. Um, we'll certainly have all kinds of coverage going forward. Media Days, camp, all that. We hope you guys read all of it. We hope uh, – hey, 4th of July is next week, so if you live somewhere 
um, that does not get biblical amount of rain every day, which is not Columbia, Missouri. But if you live somewhere that's not Columbia, Missouri, enjoy the 4th of July, go outside, blow some stuff up where it's legal. Um, if you live in Columbia, stay inside because it's going to rain on you and you can read Power Mizzou. So thanks for joining us. 573tees.com. Check them out uh, for Sean and Mitch. Gabe DeArmond, we will, uh, I don't know, be back sometime. Thanks for watching.